You're making one right decision today. You're listening to Handcuffs and Sage. Three badass moms bringing you all the true crime and paranormal your heart desires. I'm Red. I'm Timo. I'm Dre. And don't let your kids listen. Seriously, just don't. Hey, it's Handcuffs and Sage! This is Red. Hey, this is Timo. Hey, this is Dre. Oh my goodness, it's time. I am so excited. My daughter is going to come visit. <gasps> really? Yes. I'm going to see my baby. She's going to be here for two days on the 30th. So I'm, I'm very, very excited. It's going to be fabulous. I hope to have the house completely done, decorated for Halloween, because that's what she expects, of mm-hmm. course. Right. And so... I just, I, I really, I just can't wait to see her. I miss her so much. And she's matured so much since she's gone to college. She's always calling and checking in and just seeing how my day went. It just really is fabulous. It really is. I love it. Oh, I really do. So crazy. Now, um, I don't follow her on Instagram, I don't think. Um, but Miss Amy said something about, she's like, did, did Megan pierce her septum? No, she did a filter. It was a filter. Okay, because the other one did, right? I don't know if she did or if it was the filter, too. No. Oh, that's a combination there. No. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I I thought um, hers looked a little off, too, like a filter also, but my daughter thought it would be real funny um, (laughs) to send that to me, and she, she puts don't get mad and she sends this picture and I'm oh, all god what the I like lost it <laughs> oh my goodness you guys <laughs> I'm part of a group on Facebook that's like photoshop requests right and so oh, like I I, I get lost I get lost in this it's it's like you know some of them are like hey can you put like a real life looking tattoo on my arm so I can send it and and it's so freaking fabulous because people <laughs> are so it. talented they're just they so are. talented and they will put crazy shit on there they'll be like i don't know they'll put stupid shit they'll troll you it's all good they it's all fun and games I have, you seen Amazing. That, have you seen that one that's been like um blowing up lately where i i think the wife took a picture of her husband in the passenger seat and he was like sleeping and he's like oh and then (laughs) people were just like putting all this kinds of shit like Mm -hmm. outside the window like there was even um, (laughs) yeah uh what's his face joe exotic with his tiger like peeking in the window is so funny oh my my favorite but then you know the best part is they'll they'll like the person requesting it will go ahead and send that message you know like i'm sorry babe your you know your prized whatever like corvette's been crashed or totaled in front of the house or like That's there was this up. one where there was like the house is on fire and like the corner of the garage was like smushed in and the car was all messed <laughs> up and it was like i'm so sorry i got home and i came home to this and then can you imagine the heart attack you would feel if you saw oh, your, no. your your no. house on fire but these people are so good at what they do. It's like, and oh, until yeah. we get the, you know, the response is, it's usually really freaking hilarious. It's so funny. <laughs> this, this group, it's provided so much joy to my life. Send me that yes. group, Dre. I want to join it. I will. I will. Okay, cool. So you guys are so cute. Have you guys seen Ratchet? On that yes. No, it's on my list. You guys. I um, binged O-M-G. three episodes uh, so far. And 
I'm loving it, but I heard the reviews because, you know, it just came out. So you have all the people that totally binge all the episodes and then people review it and say, and supposedly people are saying, this is the worst episode or worst season of American Horror Story there's ever been. And I'm like, um, no, this is awesome. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. No, I haven't had a chance, but you guys, I found this today, and apparently Sarah Paulson goes on live on Instagram, and she has people that she invites to her live, and she <gasps> has, like, legit, <gasps> badass, like, amazing conversations with kids, like, with whoever, with, hey, so how's college going? What are you doing? What? Oh, you want to be a director? Like, holy shit. So all these, like, fans are, please, please pick me, please, please pick me. And like, I just watched this one. It's like 50 minutes long. And she's like, ordered pizza. She doesn't want to tell us where she got it from. <laughs> and like, she has her dog there. And so in the end, like she's having full on conversations and you see like whoever is allowed to join the live with her and they're just having full on fucking conversations. And it's fabulous. It's so great. It. So Sarah Paulson, I love her. She's such a great advocate for, mm -hmm. you know, the, the LBGQ what is mm -hmm. it? LBGQT community? LGBTQ. Um, okay. Um, I, I just, I love her and I love the fact that um, she's kind of a lesbian, maybe in Ratchet, but not really. And then Cynthia Nixon's on it where she's a total, you know, she's, I mean, I just love it. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so great. I know. I never look at reviews because everybody is different. And mm -hmm. I, I like what I like, and I am really just enjoying it. It's just so yeah. creepy fun, and it's really gory, but then it's interest. I just yeah. love it. I do. I did. If you it, look at all her characters throughout all the seasons, I think she's the best actress of all of them. She's played such, she's such a great actress, and she's played such great characters. I'm thoroughly mm -hmm. enjoying it. I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can't wait. Yes. It's yes, too late, Dre, too late to, to yeah, yeah, it's too late tonight sure. to, to watch some more, but I'll be jonesing yeah. tomorrow, probably. Definitely on my list, and these, this is one of the shows that I actually wait for my husband to watch with, so, I mean, we watched Yellowstone, I don't know if you guys are, ever got into that. that, but people were that saying it was so great. Good. It yeah. is so good, like, what it's is really, that on? Really it's on, um, is it AMC? It's something like. Not a typical, hmm. not a typical channel. I'm going to write it you know? down to remind myself. Yeah. Yeah. You have to watch that. It's so good. Um, I think it's like season three or four. I can't even remember. Oh, wow. We watch it every chance we get. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. You can binge the whole thing. It's so freaking good. What's it about? I've never heard it's, of it. It's about like, um, is it Montana? It's like, uh, John Dutton owns a ranch. He owns like hundreds of acres you know and somebody's always trying to come after the ranch where they're like oh, i don't okay. know for whatever reason like i think they right now they want to like put a casino on it um the native americans are trying to take it back at one point and he goes through any means necessary with his um with the ranch hands to like you know protect the land and stuff mm -hmm. and then he has three kids that um that they're his children right but then he also had like a wife that passed away and uh it's just really really well hmm. well written okay. so well All written right. country yeah. drama Ooh, mm -hmm. trying to oh yeah the ranch what <laughs> crazy i love it do you guys yeah. ever do this thing where if you're watching a show with your special somebody um but if you guys are in a tiff 
and you watch an episode without them, that's like, that's the coldest. Like, how did you do that? Right? That's next level. Oh my God, we might separate. You know what I mean? I do that all the time. All the time. Timo plays the games. Okay. Timo right. is so single I as fuck, y'all. So that's the joke. I can't do that, guys. I have, I have, maybe when The Walking Dead was like big, big. I would do that, and then like I would feel so guilty, and then yes, we'd watch it together. So have you ever done the thing where like you you watch it like oh 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 my goodness oh yeah, what's going to next? I didn't oh, watch oh, ahead. You're bad. <laughs> did you see that? Did you see that? Yes, oh, and then no. you feel terrible. Yeah, don't Absolutely. do it. No, Let's I stopped doing that advice. a long time ago. Don't go yeah. ahead. Watch but it together. You can go through some serious withdrawals, though, when you binge these shows, <laughs> yes. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's crazy. Because back in the day, we all had to wait a week to watch yeah. the next episode. And now in these times, we can freaking watch the whole season, like, in a day. It's yeah. like that. That's yep. what I felt when Lucifer was done. I was really enjoying it. And then uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what's up with Lucifer. And then Mindhunter, like I hear that they're mm -hmm. not going to come out with a season three. And I'm having an emotional reaction uh, to this. Mm -hmm. I might need therapy because I love Mindhunter so much. I love yeah. it. So mm -hmm. thinking about them not having another season makes Red sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's Aww. how I was with those I was like, oh, not yeah. the Clark fan. Like, I saw the first episode when it first came back, and I'm like, this show is stupid. And you guys were like, no, it's so good. Girl. And then I finished it like, like that. And they were so gypped in the Emmys, y'all. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not a Shits Creek person. I don't know if you guys watch that show I or not. I love it. <laughs> it's so great. Ooh, I watched I three it. episodes and I tried so hard to think oh, that, yes, this is no. a funny show. And it I just is. could not get into it. Oh my gosh. Our listeners are going to hate on you, Timo. Shits oh, Creek God. is Maybe I should try it. Maybe I should try it. Well, they sweep the friggin' Emmys, y'all. They almost mm -hmm. made like the, the record in 27 years. They won seven. Wow. They needed eight. And no, oh, one's yeah. won, no one has won eight since like 27 years ago. So it's so wild how they, I would it was love like, it bam, if they bam, 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 oh. bam. Like they just kept on winning, so man. fantastic. Yeah. So, so you maybe know, I'll give on, it another try. I don't know. On the show, you know, the sister always goes, if David, if. And oh, yes. They, yes. And they came out with mass that said, if Kevin. Oh. <laughs> oh my god i would love it so much yes it's so much fun yeah that was like my breath fresh air honestly like oh yes let's watch it so that's, that's what, what happened i to was me. hoping for too yeah and i just yeah. you guys okay like i watched like three or four episodes tell me it gets funnier than those first four were you guys like everyone timo timo i think everyone just has a different sense of humor and it's just a drier sense of humor and maybe mm -hmm. that's just not yeah. your bag and that's okay all right it's okay yeah everyone's all right. different all right. you know we accept you okay um y'all if you didn't listen to part one of my uh israel keys stop now don't go ahead with listen to, to part one so i'm covering israel keys and this is part two okay we're gonna get into it we're going to do all the things with it. Okay. Um, yeah. So buckle up. Let's Bananas. do it. Here we go. Okay. 
So when the FBI finally ends up going through Israel Key's house and they're going through his computer, on his computer, they find 40 missing person files on his computer that he obviously looks at, right? And you're thinking, oh shit, like he killed 40 people and he's been uh, looking at them, right? But that's not mm -hmm. what it was because a lot of these missing persons went missing, you know, before he was born, during his adolescence, right? What's mm -hmm. happening here is Israel Keys has an obsession with missing persons. He huh. likes the thought of someone being missing and people have to find them, which is crazy. One of the missing persons that they found on his computer was Susan Powell, right? So we, we know Susan Powell, true crime, mm -hmm. it is, it's talked a lot. So obviously, you know, people think, well, the hub, hubby did it, right? Um, so she was on the computer. He had nothing to do with that case. He's just mm -hmm. obsessed with missing persons cases, okay? And so why is he looking at them? So there is something called paraphilia. This is a sexual deviance. It, his is regarding missing people. So it like gets him off, right? Oh, he fascinates about it. He's uh, thinking about the details. He fantasizes and pretends that he's the one that makes them go missing, okay? Huh. Just okay. crazy. So on true crime bullshit that did an amazing, amazing job on the Israel Keys case, really, really detailed um, and shared a lot of the interview tapes on there. Um, they have Dr. Catherine Ramslid talking about this paraphilia and really talking about what it means. And a lot of serial killers have very unique paraphilia. So she um, worked on the BTK case and you know everyone knows I hate BTK but she also has done a deep dive on Israel Keys so she has a lot of insight here she talked about how there was this one serial killer Michael Swingo that liked to collect car crash photos so that was his paraphilia mm. fetish mm. right so it, it's a very unique thing um she talked about how there's some paraphilia, you know, that, that's very different, you know, things that we would think about um, high heel shoes, right? We know that some people are really into high heel shoes, right? Things like that. And they're attached to experiences that have happened to the person that then become part of the arousal mechanism, right? So maybe some kind of experience happened to them while they're growing up and now they've attached that experience to this thing and that's what, right, <clears throat> gets mm -hmm. them going, right? Um, one serial killer had a paraphilia where he was really into the sound of metal hitting flesh. <gasps> Yes. Ew. Yeah. And so his fetish was train wrecks. So he would set it up for someone to get hit by a train and he would wait and watch it happen to get off. Okay. So oh really creep tastic. Like everyone has a thing that they're into, 
but this is next level stuff, right? This is, yeah. we don't, we don't have to role play firemen, okay, yeah. for me to get off. It's fun, but this is different. This, this, this is a deviance, okay? Wow. That's some- <laughs> I would like to remind our listeners, my father listens to the podcast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, I'm going to talk about Israel Keys breaking his own rule. So remember how he's a planner. He's meticulous. He takes his time. Um, in a lot of cases, years, right? And he has a rule about not doing anything near where he lives, okay? Because then things can be connected to him, which makes sense. Um, but February 1st, 2012, he breaks this rule and this happens four miles from his own home. Hmm. So we're going to talk about Samantha Koenig and Samantha works at this like little coffee kiosk and it's called Common Grounds, which is a super cute name for like a little kiosk. And it, you know, we, we have like little coffee kiosks, right? Where you can drive up and they're like miniature, right? They're small. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So this is like the thing that she works in, okay? So around 8.30 p.m., her boyfriend comes to pick her up from work, but he notices that everything is already all locked up, closed down. Weird, right? Mm-hmm. So he's texting her. He's calling her. Can't get a hold of her. He goes back home. Um, He lives in the home with Samantha and her father, James, okay? And he's trying to reach her. He has no idea what's going on. At 11.24 p.m., he gets a text, and this is what the text says. F you, asshole. I know what you did. I'm going to spend a few days with friends. Need time to think. Let my dad know. Okay. And he's like, what? Like, what's going on? Right. Then at 11.53 PM, he gets another text. And all this text says is F you. <laughs> Weird. Right. He's like, what, what is going on? Okay. It's not how you communicate. This is poor communication. Okay. So he's really like, what is going on? And he's concerned, right? Of course Mm -hmm. he's concerned. So the boyfriend and the father, James, they don't hear anything else from her. And so then in the morning, James calls the boss of Common Goods. And he's actually on vacation in Oregon, but he can still, you know, get in and see the surveillance footage of the kiosk, right? So the boss is looking at surveillance just to see what's up, okay? Mm-hmm. Around 8 p.m., in this surveillance video, I'm going to try to get the, through this because this is insane. Mm. You can see this on YouTube. Really? I watched it. It's mm-hmm. 11 minutes and 30 seconds long, and it kills. So around 8 p.m., a man with this ski mask and you're thinking ski mask, well, they're in Alaska and the people wear ski masks all the time because it's freezing, 
okay? So a man with a ski mask um, comes up to the little coffee kiosk and he orders an Americano, okay? All of a sudden, after you see Samantha, you know, she, she's making the Americano, you know, she's going here and there, and then you see her hand it to him, right? And then all of a sudden in the video, you see her hands go up in the air like this, right? Mm -hmm. And so she, she's like backing up. So you know something's happening, okay? It's, it's awful to see. So then you can see that she's being told to do something and she goes and she turns off the lights inside. Okay. You can tell that she's being talked to in some way. And then she goes and she empties the cash register. And then she like goes down below and she's emptying the safe. And then you can see her like putting it into some kind of bag. And then she's handing the money through the window. Okay. And then you see a man come through the window. Oh no. You can see him coming in and it's it's awful because you know this is real and you're watching what happened so it just right. makes you sick he comes through the window and he's taking her at gunpoint okay imagine the the manager watching this oh my god Apple, that was for yeah him, uh -huh. right okay so the manager calls anchorage police and the Anchorage police actually immediately noted the FBI and they worked together on this case and worked hand in hand. And, and that seemed to be actually a really good thing for this, okay? So the boyfriend is being interviewed and he says that he sees a guy wearing a ski mask going through Samantha's car around 3 a.m. like the same night that he he didn't know where she went okay mm. and so this sounds very suspicious mm -hmm. to the police officers right um but the boyfriend's like but i didn't call and report it because i thought she had to be missing for 24 hours before you guys would do anything but her driver's license is missing it's not in the car so they're looking at the text messages, the in, in, investigators are looking at his phone, they're kind of going through, and they're noticing that they had been arguing that day in text messages. And it, they think that this is really interesting, and just to give some insight that maybe the person that sent those text messages had seen that they had been in a fight that day, mm -hmm. okay? Um, so Samantha did have an his a history of drug abuse. Some of her friends were known to like rob drug dealers. She had filed a restraining order against one of her acquaintances, um, some several months before this happened. That actually got leaked out in the media and that person that she had filed a restraining order against, him and his family got death threats and it was just awful, okay? But Samantha had gotten clean and was totally clean and doing all the right things at this point. Like she was making a change in her life, okay? But really the primary suspects to the investigators was James, her dad. Really? People were saying that James 
owed a ton of money to drug dealers in the area. So James, James is going around trying to raise a reward to find his daughter. And they felt like this was making it look way worse for James. Like maybe he's just trying to collect reward money to pay off oh. these drug dealers. Maybe he doesn't care about his daughter at all. Okay. Mm. So this is what they're saying. Um, I, I have to point out that in true crime bullshit, um, the guy that does the podcast, he does a phenomenal job. He talks about how a lot of victims um, in cases that we don't talk about are really the wrongly accused, right? That happens a lot where people are wrongly accused. We talk about him in podcasts and on TV shows. Um, he mentions the show First 48 where they're looking at suspects. And people really get hurt a lot of times when mm -hmm. this happens and how it's really important to remember that in a way that they're, they're victims too, right? Because they're treated a certain way, people look at them a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I thought that was really interesting that, you know, we do a podcast and we talk about these things and we have to think about everyone that's affected in the story. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was great to hear that. And I thought it was good yeah. insight. It's a good reminder. It is a good reminder because, mm -hmm. you know, when we listen to True Crime podcasts or watch TV shows and it's like, these are devastating, traumatic events that happen to someone, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't mm -hmm. say I love true crime because I love bad things that happen. I absolutely right. don't. I think it's interesting to know situations that people, you know, happen in and ways to maybe keep myself out of those situations or how to handle mm -hmm. those situations or how certain people get to be the way that they end up. I, that's what I'm interested in. So right. mm -hmm. I thought that was really a good thing for him to mention. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 23 days after Samantha goes missing, the boyfriend gets a text message. The text message says, Connor Park sign under pick of Albert, ain't she pretty? Huh? That's, what the, that's what the text says. Mm -hmm. huh. And so it's an odd text, but what it is is the Connor Park sign. So at this dog park, Connor Park, under pick of Albert, Albert was a dog that had gone missing and there was like a missing dog sign mm. that was posted up. So under pick of Albert, right? Under the missing dog sign, um, there was supposed to be something there, okay? So James Koenig, he notified the police and he said, uh, we got this text message. So they went there and they discovered a plastic bag, a note, and a photo, okay? In the note, it said $30,000 needs to be placed in Samantha's bank account, okay? So it's a ransom note. Mm -hmm. There is a picture of Samantha and she's holding up a newspaper dated February 13th. Okay. Um, 
So of course they're analyzing everything for DNA and fingerprints. They're trying to look at maybe what kind of typewriter uh, the note was written on. So they're doing all the investigative mm -hmm. things. They told James to go ahead and deposit the money into the account, right? Because they want to see who's accessing that account. Mm -hmm. But they're still looking at James as a suspect, okay? So the next day after this happens, they get warrants to watch James' phone. They put a, something called a pen register on it. It's a way to see what phone numbers he's calling, coming in, right? It's a way of tracking. And they do this for several days that they're watching him. On February 29th, there was a debit card hit. So someone was trying to get money from that account around 10, 13 p.m. at an Alaskan USA bank. Uh, this was several blocks from where she was taken at Common Grounds. At 11.56 p.m., there was a hit at Denali Alaskan Federal Credit Union. So someone's trying to take money out, okay? There was a third hit 30 minutes later at another Alaskan USA bank, okay? So they're able to pull surveillance at these ATMs, which is great. Right. They see a 2007 silver Nissan Xterra. They see a white man wearing a ski mask. So that's who's trying to pull money from the account. So it's said that someone is leaving really weird comments on a local news story. So you know how we see, let's say um, ours is KHTS, right? Mm -hmm, and they mm -hmm. post a local story and then people comment right. whatever mm -hmm. story. So someone's doing the same thing. This place is called uh, KTVA. And so they're, they're noticing weird comments. So this news outlet actually contacts the police to tell them, okay? Um, and the person leaving these comments calls himself Israel. <gasps> oh my gosh, you're so bright. Wow. He's sunshine bright. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what do we know about Israel? He loves missing people. He digs right. it. He looks into it. This is getting him off. So of course, media stories, things like that. He wants mm. to be all about it. Okay. Oh he talks about in interviews, um, you know, sometimes he'd be drinking a little too much bourbon and then he starts looking at people, you know, that he might've had something to do with to see if there's any media about it. And then one thing leads to another and he starts commenting, right? He's, he's <laughs> into it. He's getting off on it. So one of the comments that's left is on March 3rd at 2.19 a.m. This is the comment. Nothing surprises me anymore. For every action, there is a reaction. Playing with emotions, male or female, is a very vile thing. Also, I have to say, people who have portrayed an image or personality trait up front and isn't that type of person that they really are you're only hurting yourselves so he's just being drama okay <laughs> he's being a queen two days later another comment pops up on a ktva 
news story. This news story, the title was called New Reward in Koenig Disappearance Case. This is the comment. I really don't know what to say. This is beyond ridiculous. And that's what happens when you have the public do all the work and making this more stupid or worse than they already are. Besides, who in their right mind would come forth if he's responsible and handle all this BS? That comes forth with owing a disgusting place like a strip club. Like, what are you talking about, homeboy? Where are you oh going with this? What's like, happening? He's, he's just trying to stir it up, right? Stir it mm -hmm. up, stir it up. On another KTVA news story, there's a third comment. I hate to say this, at this point, there's no hope. I would also like to point out that innocent until proven guilty, stupid like to blame others because he sounds like a prime suspect without any proof he actually did it. She wasn't so innocent either. The dumb bitch played with others' emotions. And when this guy, and then she had a BF boyfriend, so you have to wonder about the consequences. I really wish she is found and perhaps learned her lessons from now on. So this mm -hmm. piece of shit is stirring it up and then blaming and calling her names and comments, okay? Mm -hmm. So the guy that does this podcast then started looking into other crimes that might be connected to Israel Keys, and then looked up news stories to see if he left, you know, comments on those. So I think it's really interesting that this is his paraphilia. This is his right. fetish. Okay, so the FBI stopped looking into James on March 7th. There is a withdrawal on Samantha's ATM card in Wilcox, Arizona. The police arrive um, very shortly after this transaction happens. Uh, they miss whoever was there, but there is surveillance of a white man masked where, I'm sorry, driving a white Ford Focus. An hour and a half later, there's another withdrawal 80 miles away in Lordsburg, New Mexico. Again, the police get there as fast as they can, but they already miss who was there. Mm -hmm. But they alert the DEA, and the DEA is able to get footage from the I-10 road. Mm -hmm. And so, like, within the first five minutes of hitting this surveillance, they're able to take pictures of two license plates of white Ford Focuses, and both of them are rental cars from Avis, okay? Ooh. Yeah. So an, a day later, about 900 miles away, there's a withdrawal from an ATM in Humboldt, Texas. Two days later, there's more money taken out in Shepherd, Texas. So then there's a bolo put out, right? Be on the lookout for this car. On March 13th, one of the rental agreements um, that they had been wanting to see, right, because of the surveillance, 
Um, they got one of the rental agreements back, but not the other. But the one that they got back knew wasn't their suspect, right? So they had to wait right. for that second agreement to come in to maybe get some information. Right. But that vehicle was spotted at a hotel in Lufton, Texas. Mm. Great, right? That bolo helped. So the police pull up to this hotel and they're watching it for about 30 minutes. And they see this guy come out and put stuff in his trunk and drive away, right? Mm -hmm. Now, something that the guy in the podcast mentions, and I thought this was fantastic, is I guess there was a rumor going around that Israel Keyes was like obsessed with white Ford Focuses. <laughs> that was like the only rental car he would get. And if a place <laughs> didn't have one, he would go hours away to get an, it's stupid. This, this is a rumor. It's not true. <laughs> Out of 25 rentals that he got over time, only four were Ford focuses. So he was not <laughs> obsessed with that car. So rumor mixed, not true. Not true. You guys calm down. <laughs> okay. So at 11.45 a.m. on March 13th, 2012, local corporal pulled over that white Ford Focus for speeding, just <gasps> like Ted Bundy. Wow. The parallels here. Come on, you guys. Right. So they pull him over. Very shortly, an FBI agent shows up. He looks at the guy's driver's license, and the name on it is Israel Keys. They pull him over to the side of the road and start questioning this mofo, right? Mm -hmm. Israel says he flew from Anchorage, Alaska, to Las Vegas on March 7th, and then drove from the ne Nevada to Texas in the rental to attend his sister's wedding. He says he paid for fuel with cash. Okay. Israel is agitated. He is sweating like a crazy person. He's sweating like mm -hmm. Prince Andrew sweats. Okay. <laughs> He's really gross. So yeah. uh, something that's fantastic. Uh, my, my favorite murder did this story and Karen Kilgariff is explaining like what he looks like. <laughs> and she says, he straight up looks like a Whole Foods a guy. He looks oh, like God. someone that works at Whole Foods. And I think she just nailed it because he's just so un unimposing, right? He's not someone that you'd be like, right. oh my gosh, right? Not, not at all. So I think she nailed it. Good job. He's 34 years old. He's wearing a white tank top and jeans, but he is agitated AF, okay? They look into the car and there's a mask white shoes, mm -hmm. just like seen in the videos, women's clothing, two phones, Samantha Koenig's ATM card, <gasps> driver's license, oh. and one of the phones is Samantha's. Mm. He says later in an interview that he was extremely agitated because he had a gun in the trunk and he couldn't reach it because he had always decided in this situation he was going to go down in a blaze of glory and not take in, be taken in just handcuffed. And he was pissed. 
he was pissed he could not get to his Uh, gun in this situation just got caught right so he's handcuffed he's about to be uh taken away from this side of the road he asked the agents if he can first real quick can i call my brother uh he's nearby uh because my daughter is with him he brought his daughter on this trip and he is concerned about information coming out about him and how it's going to affect her life um this is the thing about him he does like the worst things he talks about them with no emotion or laughing Mm -hmm. but he makes it so difficult to talk about anything that he's done because he doesn't want his daughter to hear about it. He doesn't want his daughter to be affected by it. It, This is a huge thing for him. Huge. Mm -hmm. It really is a thing. Okay. He's extradited back to Alaska on March 23rd, 2012. Um, the FBI put a team together to work on this case. We have special agent Jolene Godin, and she's kind of a special badass. Uh, she had been working for a long time to take down sex trafficking in Alaska, so I think that's great. Um, we also have Bobby Chacon, which I don't know if you guys know Bobby Chacon, but I know Bobby Chacon. <laughs> He was at PrimeCon, and I found oh. him on Instagram, and I'm in love. Don't really? Tell Bobby. Wow. Don't make it weird. <laughs> I love him. Okay. <laughs> then we have uh, agents Kevin Feldes and Frank Russo. So they're all working to investigate and interview. And so when you hear the interview tapes, you'll hear um, you know each of them talking at different times. I love Bobby Chacon. Bobby. So Israel Keys gets a public defender. He does not get along with him. I'm shocked. He would go against his counsel all the time. And he tried to fire his public defender multiple (laughs) times, but we don't know why that didn't work out. (laughs) He tried to fire him over and over again. Um, In the first interview he does with them, he doesn't say anything for 30 minutes just sits there right not gonna say a goddamn thing right Mm -hmm. in the second meeting there's a change of tune he sits down and this motherfucker asks for an americano coffee (gasps) yeah a snickers and a cigar for his cooperation oh my god what a piece of Shit. He says Samantha fought as he took her from the coffee shop. She actually at one point broke free from him and tried to run away. He tackled her and got her into his white truck. He zip ties her to the passenger seat and then they drive around for freaking hours because he's waiting for his girlfriend and daughter to go to sleep. Oh. oh my god you know you know how you describe paraphilia right i bet you he ordered an americano because it just reminded 
in oh, her. He's getting, mm-hmm. you know? he's getting off on mm-hmm. all of it. Mm-hmm. All of it. All right. So I have a little bit to go here, you guys. Buckle up. We can do this. We can do this. Mm-hmm. So at 11 p.m., he takes her to his shed at his house. He already has tarps laid out. There's ropes, tools, mm. blankets, a space heater, and a radio, right? He's a planner. He's a planner. Mm-hmm. He says he has a glass of bourbon, and he gives her a glass of red wine. She is tied up. He tells her he has a police scanner, and if she is loud and the neighbors call the police, he will kill her. He then rapes her for hours and then strangles her. Mm. It is heavily implied over and over and over again that like Ted Bundy, he is a necrophile, okay? He likes Mm -hmm. to do it with dead people. So they're thinking that that might have happened here. We don't know if that's a fact. It is implied. So I don't want to say it's a fact. Okay, a lot of stuff is redacted in files. After he strangles her, he wraps her up in a blanket and puts her in a cabinet in the shed. And remember, we're in Alaska, friends. It's fucking Mm -hmm. freezing Mm -hmm. and she freezes, right? Her body just freezes. He then goes to Samantha's car to get her phone. Remember, her boyfriend said, I saw a guy wearing a ski mask going through her Mm -hmm. car. And that was correct. That was Israel. And the boyfriend did, in fact, see him, but got away. Nothing happened. I mean, and she was already dead at that point. She was already dead at that point. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So think about that. She was already dead, but then we go through a whole ransom situation Mm -hmm. later on. He's a piece of shit. So he goes to her car he gets her phone and then he gets home he takes a shower he wakes up the family because they all have to get ready to catch their flight to houston they're going on a cruise they're going on a family fucking vacation oh my god the family goes on a cruise through the caribbean um for 16 days Um, this is where I'm going to stop because we're going to talk about what happens when they get back from their cruise. Okay. Wow. There's Mm. so much more to this. It's insane that I feel like it's, it's good to talk about how someone can be one way and be another way Mm -hmm. in other situations. You, it's so, it's so crazy to me, like all the people we might spend time with that you think are super chill, but you know, they like to kill people. I get this feeling about Timo. I'm just putting it out there. There, I said it, people. Okay, all right, it's been said. All right, so that was part two of Israel Keys. There's more to come, you guys, okay? You're doing well. Great. So, I wanted to ask you a question real, real quick, Red. No um, questions, only answers. <laughs> you said that, like, Bundy, he was a, a necrophile. Um, Bundy ha- was a necrophile? He was. Really? Yeah, and for weeks after he killed that person, he would revisit that body and have sex with it, you know, when Ew. it was decomposing. Yeah. Yeah. Disgust. Disgust. 
He's into wow. dead people. He likes mm -hmm. it when they're dead. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. I had no clue. Yep. Oh. Gross. You learn mm. something new every day. You okay? do. Mm. Isn't that a fun fact? Yeah. No, it's that not. That was fun. That was a fun <laughs> one. That was gross, a gross. That's a gross fact. I All know. Right. And then he was probably going home to his girlfriend and having sex with her then too. <gasps> oh, yeah, oh, that's you're so sick. gross. You're, you're gross. <laughs> yes. You're the one that thought of that, not me. I see, know. See where I the know. mind goes. <laughs> you're sick, Timo. <laughs> All right, I, I hope you guys haven't heard of this before. You might, because it, there's a little bit of like alien involvement, but um, yeah, I want to, um, I, I got, I used two different um, websites for this. I used rare.com and then I used also um, jimherald.com. If you don't know who Jim Harold Jim is. Harrell, yes, yay. he was the original, he's the OG, paranormal podcast dude he started the very first paranormal podcast wow. and it's been around for a very very long time and now he has like 20 different podcasts that he that he um he just does all the yeah it's so crazy mm -hmm. yeah so he had a story on his podcast regarding this too so i'm going to talk about the black eyed children Ooh. Ooh guys do you guys know what that is have you guys heard of that before? <laughs> Oh, good, 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 good. Perfect. Okay. So the black-eyed children are mysterious beings that look like kids, and they're between the ages of 6 and 16. They have pale skin and pitch black eyes. There's absolutely no whites involved in that, and um, they're completely soulless, okay? So this is- So what... you had me at pale skin. I was super concerned, <laughs> but black eyes- yeah, right, no, yeah, it's huge not black eyes, yeah, cool. and um, <laughs> they appear at night to unexpecting adults when they're alone, and it can happen um, in dark parking lots, um, driving down a dark road, um, even in their homes, um, outside their windows, or knocking on their doors, or even in the corners of their own bedrooms okay i just want to make this bullshit oh my god no <laughs> so these are <laughs> stop it <laughs> these aren't like kids like you know like neighborhood kids and they're like oh something's wrong with little billy's eyes these are yeah. these are just kids you see in these random places um they're being yeah but your random place up. yeah could be your yeah. bedroom yeah oh that's uh -uh. weird I I'm That's out. Private. I'm, That's private. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, they always want a favor or they have a... Uh, they so they're help. like real teenage children. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or they need help in some, in some type of way. Oh, okay. okay. So um, when people encounter them, they uh, get extreme feelings of fear and uneasiness. So they immediately know something's wrong, but you kind of also um, have the other side of it where you wanna help the child. So you know it's wrong, but you really then want to be involved and, and help them. So this is the dilemma. All right, so what are they? They're either ghosts, um, aliens, vampires, or the, the more, the, the, the most, 
uh, thing that they think that they are, are, are some type of demon. Demon or aliens between those two things, okay? I kind of like vampires since they're pale, you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah. So there's a book, it's called Your Haunted Lives, The Black Eyed Kids. And basically in this book, um, I'm not sure who the author is on that book, but uh, they what, what they think that they are is something called Otcon. So it's O-T-K-O-N, I'm gonna say Otcon. And Otcon is basically um, spoken um, of in ancient Iroquois Indian legends. And my phone is almost dead here, but I'm gonna read um, the explanation of this. It says the Iroquois Indians believed in a dark power called the Otcon that could take over children and, um, and the evil one who would mate with human females produ to produce black-eyed chalky-skinned children. These children were then killed by the tribe soon after birth and burned to stop them from resurrecting. Children wandering alone in the woods could also be taken over by Otcon and would reemerge with black eyes and pale skin, acting nervously while repeating themselves over and over. Their goal was to destroy the tribe and infect all the people with Otcon. Okay. Uh, Otcon sounds like a serious illness. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. it's, it's bananas. Now, I've heard so many stories of the Black Eyed Children, uh, but I've never really done like a deep dive like this. Um, but just buckle up because it gets bananas, you guys. So imagine sitting in your living room one night, okay? You're reading a book like I would do, or you're watching TV. <laughs> Most people don't like to read books, but I like to read books. And you're kind of dozing off. You've had a hard, rough day, just kind of like kicking back, relaxing. Maybe you've had a glass of wine. And then you're awoken by a hard knock on your door. And you're wondering who the fuck could that be, right? It's like midnight, 1 a.m. You're not expecting anybody. What the fuck? So you get up and you look through the peephole and you see a silhouette of a small figure that kind of looks like a child. And then you think again to yourself, um, what the fuck is a little kid doing outside my door? There's no adult with them, like what the fuck? So you're, you decide to be brave, you open the door and you see staring back at you is a, is a small child, usually with another child with them, maybe a few other ones standing behind them. And they don't have normal eyes. They have these huge black eyes, black, solid black from lid to lid. There's absolutely no whites of the eye at all. And then you see two more and they're standing behind them and they all look the same. So all of a sudden, the one in the front says, can we come in? Oh, hell no. And you're Don't like, um, a vampire. what, what, what the fuck? <laughs> what you and say, say we child? Yeah. And then they say, we're lost and we don't have anywhere to go. Please, can we come in? So your adrenaline is coursing through your body. Your heart is pumping. You're sweating. You're starting to get scared. What do you do? Slam okay. the door and cry. Pee your okay. pants. Right. Go down on your knees because they've given out on you out of fear. <laughs> exactly. All of these things. Yes. So I'm gonna tell you a full story, a few stories about people that this has happened to and what they did. Okay. Uh. 
So in 1998 in Abilene, Texas, Brian Bethel, now if you look up Black Eyed Children, Brian is like the big dude. He's like the one that first came out and told this story. Okay, now this was in the late 1990s, but there are stories of Black Eyed Children going back, way back as well. But it, it's basically something that started being very popular in stories that were being told in the late 90s, early 2000s. So in 19, um, so in 1998, he drove into a parking lot. He needed to pay his internet bill, and there was one of those little drop-off, you know, boxes that you could just slip your your check in, right? So there was a movie theater that was right next to the to the place. So he pulled up next to the movie theater because he wanted to use the big marquee light so that he could sit in his car and write his check. So he's doing that, and all of a sudden he's like just frightened because there's a, a wrap on his window on his driver's side right and he looks over real fast and he sees like a little hand with white knuckles and it's knocking on his his window so he rolls the window down and he looks up and he sees two young boys now they have hoodies on so he can't really see their face it's just your regular you know sweatshirt hoodie with with the, the hood up over it over their head and all of a sudden he gets this rush of fear through himself, right? He's like, this just doesn't seem normal. So there's one boy in the front and there's another one that's kind of a little bit behind him. So the one in the front has curly hair, he has an olive complexion, and the one in the back has red hair and freckles. So it, they really stood out between the two. They look normal until he sees their eyes. And the kid goes, can we get a ride home? We want to go see this movie and we forgot our money. And he's kind of like, hmm, oh, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. These kids are in trouble, right? He's like, just looking at them and then they go, it won't take long, we promise. And we're just kids, come on. So he's <sighs> like, hmm, what the fuck? So he's like, kind of like now he's frozen in fear. He starts to panic and he realizes, no, this is, this is fucked up. So he rolls his window up he starts to put the car in reverse and he starts pulling out and the boy starts yelling and screaming at him we can't come in unless you tell us it's okay let no. us in let us in right so he drives off while looking quickly behind and he notices that they have gone They're, they've disappeared and they're no longer oh, there. no <laughs> Oh, yes. yes. I need to Why change you my give plans. me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> I touched myself. So this guy, like uh, he, he told this story and it like blew up, right? So then all these other stories came out, but now we're gonna go back in time. Okay, we're gonna go to 1974. Um, this was in the Picardy region of Eisny, France, uh, France, and two men, two men uh, named. Alan and Patrick, they were driving through a small village in France, just enjoying a nice little um, autumn drive. Isn't that sound yes. wonderful? Yes, I can picture yeah. them like in a But I know it's not. Yeah, an old little forester, you know. Um, it's like 3 p.m., so the sun's going down. It's, it's really nice. And they turn around and decide to go home, but they, they're going to take the long way home instead, so they decide to go a, a different route. So as they're driving, Patrick's driving, Alan is in the passenger seat. Patrick notices something like really weird off in the distance. So he, he breaks and he stops. And at the end of the road, the last house in the village, in the yard, he sees five small 
figures. There's three farther in the background and they're kind of huddled up together. There's one that's kind of near the window to the house. And then there's one standing in the front, kind of waving them down, right? So they pull up and Alan rolls the window down. And then all of a sudden Alan's blood just runs cold when he saw the children. Um, they're all about four feet tall. They were dressed in long garments that basically like drug on the ground. They had multicolored spots on all the clothes. They had like a yellow tingy skin, long hair that basically fell like to their butts and their noses were pressed inward. But the most scariest thing is they had these huge black solid eyes that reminded him of billiard balls. Uh, and the one started saying, come, like, waving yeah. his hand, like, come closer, come closer. Yeah. Patrick turned to scream at Alan and said, get the fuck out of here. So oh they basically gosh. took off, oh, right? Yes. So they drove all the way down to the next town, and he told the locals. The locals then got a group together. They all went back to look, and there was absolutely no sign of these kids. But both of them saw it. Both yes. of them are saying yes. this happened. Right, right. Yeah. So, so many stories of people seeing these children and then them disappearing. But then the stories get more, more bananas. Mm. Okay. Now we're going to go even farther back. We're going to go back to the 1950s where a young man named Harold, 16 years old, he was at a buddy's house. He's walking home. It's the middle of the night. He has a, quite a, a ways to go. And his house is all the way at the end of a dirt road, but right in front of the dirt road, there is a fence. And as he's turning around to go up to his um, dirt road, he sees this small figure kind of like leaning up against the fence. Now, he lives in a small town, he knows everybody, but he doesn't know this boy. It's a, it's a, it's a small boy. And he goes and he, he goes up to him and he starts talking to him and there's absolutely no response. The kid is just staring at him. So he's like, you all right, man? Are you okay? And then finally the kid goes, I want to go up to your house. And he's like, take me to your house. But he's saying it really strange. And Harold's like, what the fuck's going on with this kid, right? This so, kid's on the... <laughs> right. So <laughs> a chill rushes through Harold's body. And he... He didn't say like anything to the boy, but, but the boy just like looked at him. And then all of a sudden he noticed that this boy had those same black uh, eyes and Harold wanted to fucking run, but he said his feet were like glued to the ground. So he looked up the dirt road and he's like trying to figure out how he's going to get away. Right. And the kid goes, now, don't you turn or run away from me. <gasps> no. Oh, <shit>. <laughs> My, You're my gonna walk body. me. Just like yeah. shook. I'm yeah. shaking. You're I gonna know. walk got... me to your home. There's and like then all the hair yeah. on my arms is up on end right now, girl. Oh my god. I got chill from you guys getting chills. It's so funny. <laughs> so he's like, fuck it. He makes a run for it. So he freaking just fucking runs as fast as he can. And all he can hear behind him is this screeching wail, kind of like a yeah. bobcat but almost like a bobcat that's like, just like in pain. And it's just, it's just getting louder and louder and louder. And then he rushes into his house and he basically runs into his parents, right? So he's telling his parents what he saw. 
his dad goes and gets his fucking shotgun and he's gonna go down the road and fucking see who this person is who this kid is what Hell this yeah. is right nowhere to be found there's nothing uh, down there he gone yeah he gone uh, how terrifying for mm -hmm. poor Harold. Mm -hmm. Now, it. yeah, so now, okay, so all these stories were experiences like outside, really where these people could get away. There wasn't really anything bananas, but now we're going to get into some really terrifying stories. So there's I this feel college like I need kid. to hug someone right now. No, does anyone have a bear, possibly a blanket? <laughs> yeah, you uh, cuddle up with a real person. <laughs> don't you don't you love listening to the stories late at night right before we're gonna go to bed i'm gonna be on tiktok you're for a couple me. hours before i fall asleep so it's all good you're killing me man now you're i have no me. choice i know right <laughs> thank god for tiktok okay so there's a college kid he's home visiting his parents for the weekend his parents though decide they're gonna go away so he's kicking back at home all by himself says he's sitting back watching um that 70s show okay his buddy mm. says yeah i might come over i might swing by i might not swing. i might whatever it depends so he's just kind of kicking back and he starts dozing off and he's awoken by a large pound and he doesn't realize where that pound is coming from so he kind of gets up he's looking around he goes and he thinks maybe something was out on the back deck um in his backyard he goes he looks there's nothing out there so he goes back and he sits down starts dozing off again and he's suddenly awoken again by the same large you know hard pound but this time he said it kind of sounded like it came from the roof he's still not sure maybe he says there's maybe an animal up on the roof he's not really concerned about it so about 10 minutes later he starts hearing a huge pounding knock on his front door now he's thinking okay that's my buddy my buddy wouldn't be doing that but maybe he's fucking with me who knows He's like, but who could this be? It's like almost 11 o'clock at night. I don't think that, you know, like who the fuck could this be? Then he started remembering one time a UPS driver was delivering um, packages one late at night. It was like midnight. They rang the doorbell. Who the yeah. hell is doing packages? I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was around mm -hmm. Christmas. Maybe it was around Christmas time because I've seen that maybe. happen before. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he decides to go to the door and there's two long glass windows on either side of the front door but they're kind of like um, frosted a little bit so you can kind of see shapes but you can't really see like what the real thing is and he noticed there's two people standing out front of his door there's an older like a taller one and a smaller one so he kind of looks through the peephole and he can see that they're they're two girls like a 13 year old girl and then maybe a younger one that's like seven and he says the 13 year old one this kind of looks really raggedy her hair looks like it's all matted her clothes look horrible and then the seven year old is kind of like her clothes are kind of but she does she has like normal combed hair whatever so he decides to open the door and peek in and the little one says to him let us in and he's like what and he's like she's like oh we need to use your phone so he's like what the fuck so he's like this doesn't sound right so he's like wait here i'll go get my phone so at this point he glares at the taller one the 13 year old one and as she looks up at him not only does he see those 
big, huge black solid eyes, but he notices a mouthful of sharp teeth. Okay? And he's like, what the fuck? And he slams the door, okay? Locks the door, mm. that's it, fuck it. They start pounding on the door and they are screaming, let us in, let us in, let us in. And they oh, do it like for, yeah, sure. they do it like for 10 minutes straight, right? And oh, God. he's like, fuck, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? So all of a sudden it just stops and he looks out the people and he can basically just see them walking slowly away down the street and then they disappear. Mm-hmm. Okay. What if they were just Jehovah's Witnesses? You know what I mean? <laughs> Spreading the word, y'all. Yeah. Spread the word. All right. So all these stories I told you, none of them have actually let the kids in, right? Well, here's a story right. where they let them in Chemo. okay uh, i don't know if i'm ready <laughs> so there's a ready. sweet little old couple no stop it. oh stop no. it i love <laughs> more than anything else in the world oh my gosh <laughs> they live in vermont in this cute little house it's the middle of winter and they're just sitting in the living room just having some hot cocoa and reading some books and they hear a knock on the door. So they go and they look and they see a little boy and a little girl. And they're totally wearing clothes they should not be wearing in the middle of winter, okay? Oh my gosh. So they open up the door and they say, can we come in and use your phone? So the the old couple, they're like, okay, yeah, we, you know, Ah, ah. come, come in. I'm going to make you guys some hot cocoa. Come in. Come oh my in. God. They're offering they're really, beverages. Yes. They're Ugh. really, they're really freaked out. Right. Cause they're these little kids are freezing to death outside. So Mm-mm. they, they come in, the little old lady goes and she goes into the kitchen and she starts making hot cocoa. Then the girl goes, my brother needs to use the bathroom. Can we use your bathroom? And oh. they're like, yes. So he tells her where to go. So they go down to the hallway and they're taking a while, right? So the, the man then decides, hmm, what's going on? So he goes and he walks down the hallway and they're both standing there in the hallway looking uh, at him. Okay. <laughs> and he's and then like, they say, we've broken your toilet. We apologize. <laughs> I don't want to hear the rest. And then all of a sudden he realizes that he has a nosebleed. So he's no. like, so he goes back into the kitchen and he grabs something. And as he comes out, the, the two kids are standing there in the living room and they go, our parents are here, we need to go. And they open the door and they run out the door as fast as they can, okay? okay. So the man, the man is standing there, he has a bloody nose, he starts getting really, really dizzy, he doesn't know what's going on. They're both sitting there like, what the fuck just happened? So about a month after this happened, he decides he's going to go get checked out at the doctor because he's just not feeling any better. He's having constant nosebleeds. Oh my God. He's having this dizziness. He's having, um, he's having headaches. So they do a series on tests, the tests on him and they find out that he has a very rare form of skin cancer. And this type of skin cancer is that you would get from some type of like crazy ultraviolet ray lights, like almost mm. like a tanning bed. 
But of course, yeah. this old man has never been in a tanning bed his whole life. What if it turns out he tans constantly <laughs> and he doesn't tell his sweet wife because it's his like little fun secret? Yeah, he looks like uh, that one that one <laughs> dude um, that's super tan, that old movie star dude. I forget oh, what his name yeah. is. Or an Oompa Loompa. Yeah, yeah. So after that, um, I'm not exactly sure if he, you know, gets really sick or what happens but shortly no. after that the woman starts having the same thing happen no. yeah so that's where the story that's him? where the story ends so what? um yeah that's well how do we know it's one of these uh creeper situations did they mention black eyes uh yeah, they did. I forgot to tell you that part because I was getting so excited <laughs> about what's going to happen for the story. That's okay. Yeah, when, when, the story that when he sees about. them in the hallway, he realizes that they both have black, oh, black solid eyes. Yeah. I forgot that part. Oh, yeah, God. because you guys were all freaked out because they were in the hallway. I forgot to tell you about the black eyes in the hallway. People, people just standing in a hallway is terrifying. It's yes, like, yeah. why? Like two little why children. would anyone Hello, the shiny in a hallway? Hello. Yeah, The Shining, yeah. hello. Mm -hmm. So you can hear so many more different stories about, you know, people's experiences. There's a couple others that um, I heard that that were kind of like freaky. Um, most of them, they do not invite the, um, the kids in. They pretty much kind of figure out that there's something weird going on and they know not to let the kids in. But to this day, nobody really knows where, where these kids are mm. from or what what they're what they're there to do but obviously they possibly made this little old couple sick so Aww. i don't know i don't know maybe they're just an experiment gone wrong thanks maybe. cia maybe yikes. yeah yikes aliens so there you go aliens. The, the black guy the black guy children yikes oh <laughs> that really, i got that was one million times <laughs> for real I think that was the scariest story you've ever told. Really? I don't know what, I think, I think it's because it's like children mm. and that just fucked me up. Sorry. I just can't. Let I was, in. yeah. Let us in. Let us in. Oh, stop it. Oh, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. It's the way you're saying it. That's really yeah, traumatizing and I'm being yes. scared. So thank you. Mm -hmm. So okay. if I, children come to your door and they're saying, let me in, don't let them in. I never no. let anyone into the house ever, like no matter what. <laughs> really? We just walk in because your door is open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I come downstairs and people are there. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That was that was frightening. I love it. Are we ready? <laughs> are we ready? Mm -hmm. It's time for our Give it, give it, Dre. We need a really good badass oh, because this is a that was yeah, yeah. yeah warm it's us been up. Yeah, yeah. This Ever. is a rough, a rough episode. I really hope that this wonderful badass can fill our happy, okay, our yeah, happy me life too. here. Okay, All right. Good. So, so this story is about a knight in shining armor. His name My is heavy? John Kinney. Oh, um, yeah. What's his name? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, his name is John Kinney, K-I-N-N-E-Y. He's an electrician. And um, it starts off with this elderly woman by the name of Gloria Scott. She lives on a limited income. And, you know, 
when you live on a limited income, you kind of choose, you pick and choose which bill you're going to pay. And sometimes, you know, some things uh -huh. don't get taken care of, right? Right. Especially when money's tight. So um, certain things kind of fall to the wayside. And that's basically what happened in this 72-year-old woman's home. Oh. So, yeah, so she, um, she had an overhead light fixture that went out. And so she asked a neighbor and they uh, recommended John Kinney to go in and do the electrical work. So, you know, John goes in and he fixes this light for her, this light fixture. And then, um, you know, he went home. This was like on a Friday night. And so he goes home and he just cannot stop thinking about Miss Gloria Scott's house oh. because not only did the light not work but it was like no lights no running water oh no um, no baby, yeah no he just couldn't yeah poor poor baby so he just knew in his heart that he just had to go back there right now all this stuff costs money right it's so expensive to fix things like you take for granted you know you have good plumbing great you're so lucky right. dude Plumbing goes to shit, and I'm sorry, I had to pay like two thousand dollars. So when I moved. expensive, yes. It's so expensive, electrical uh -huh. work, all this stuff just adds up. So you know, he decided that he didn't have the money to do it, but he had the resources. So he went out onto Facebook, and he created a group called "Nice Old Lady Needs Help." Uh, oh, right? my heart. I can't take it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he, you know, when it's you're an electrician, <laughs> if you're an electrician, you usually have a lot of friends who kind of do trade work too. So, you know, right. like plumbers mm -hmm. and, right. and love to trade it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So he had like this community of people who were like friends and stuff and they just kind of rallied to the call. And now he has like this massive community out there and um, they all have agreed to do stuff, but they just needed money for it, right? They needed like the, the parts and they would do the labor for free. So uh. he put out like, it's not a GoFundMe because it's like a, a, a donation through Facebook. And he asked for $100,000 huh. and he got a hundred and one thousand dollars. Oh my goodness! Right. So freaking amazing! I don't know if I mentioned this. I didn't. His this woman's house was like seriously dilapidated. Like oh, ceilings were no. crumbling, walls so were falling unsafe. apart. Yeah, very very unsafe, right? So he just decided that he was going to grab his people together, get all this stuff done. Um, you can name, or he named the group Glorious Gladiators. There's a group ah, on there on oh Facebook, oh Glorious Gladiators for Miss uh, Gloria Scott. And so he just, um, he's, he, they worked on it. They, they like went to her house. They started fixing things up. You see like this group of people who are like, painting and fixing walls and the ceiling's not crumbling anymore and they did massive they like redid all of the plumbing in her house and they redid all the electrical in her oh house oh my gosh wow. just what what a sweetheart you know and it just was like one call to an electrician to do one light fixture wow so wow so, so one so person can change someone's life totally yes in this yes. big way i love this story yeah. Dre. i'm gonna cry i love it i know it was so great so then i went to glorious gladiators on facebook right and i requested to join the group and um you were denied really... oh no <laughs> no no not, not. <laughs> i've been denied no but he he started a movement guys he 
he, yeah, he fixed this woman's house and there's still so much more to do. And there are so many elderly people that are in the same situation. Mm -hmm. So it's gotten momentum now and people are saying, Hey, I too have this elderly person who I know could benefit from something like this. Mm. So Gloria's gladiators is growing and it's, I love it. I'm going to, I'm going to join it. I love, I love it. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, my so goodness. way to go, John Kinney. Yeah, John Kinney. Badass. 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 Yeah. Hey, we bad love you. Badass. That's mm -hmm. a good badass. All right. Good job, Dre. Mm -hmm. Good mm -hmm. job. All right. Y'all can be badasses too, and I'll tell you how. Mm -hmm. You can leave a review on iTunes. All right. Make it positive. Give us all the feels. We love it. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook. YouTube, Twitter, TikTok for now, right? Right. Uh, you can email us at handcuffsandsage at gmail.com. We have a website, handcuffsandsagepodcast.com. And we absolutely love it when people message us, comment, share your stories. Uh, we did the story on the Ouija or the Ouija board so mm -hmm. go ahead and share those stories that would be a fun thing to do if we get enough stories you know maybe for a halloween thing that would be oh fun. yeah and mm -hmm. if you yeah. have been visited by any black-eyed children let us know as well that would be bomb diggity mm -hmm. bomb diggity you hear it from mm -hmm. t-mail bomb <laughs> diggity all <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all here we go remember we, we do, do what, what we want. want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. That was so great. Bye, bye y'all. Bye. Night, night. Good night, night, night. Yes. Bye. Hey, have some nightmares. Yep. Have some nightmares. <laughs>